This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Hiva, and I am feeling better, but still very flummy. <laughs> like, I am feeling better. If you didn't listen last week, I had a bit of a cold. And what I will say is my cold never got to the level of being like a full-blown cold. Like, it always stayed hovering around the 60% mark. And I am feeling better, but I just have that congestion that, like, yes, I am blowing my nose, but what's more annoying is the congestion that's at, like, the back of my nose, if you know what I mean. Kind of like where the back of the nose and throat, etc. meat. There's just like lumps of um, <laughs> a very like congealed, like jelly-like consistency, like thick, globby phlegm. <laughs> Everyone's turning this off. Like, why am I still going with this? And it just like, it just feels kind of hard to breathe, which is not, um, you know, it's not ideal. It's definitely not my favorite sensation. So yeah, we'll see how this goes. I just, I'm really worried that, you know, during the process of recording this episode, I'm going to start to feel like I'm suffocating, which, you know, no one really wants to feel like they're suffocating. That's not ideal. Okay. Moving right along. Um, happy Hanukkah to the Jewish listeners. I believe we're on day three, four, something like that. And me not knowing that is just in line with the fact that I have demonstrated over and over again that I'm not excellent at counting. It's just not, I am good at accounting. I'm actually very good at accounting, not to brag, but I got an A plus in law and accounting in law school. And only one student per class can get an A plus. So that means I did the best in the class. So, you know, she's a secret genius. Just kidding. I'm just very good at math, but I'm not good at counting period. Although I will say I have found a friend who was worse at it than me because last week we, um, we were going to join this like live call and it was at 1 PM, um, Pacific time. And she was like, yeah, so it's at 3 PM our time, like Eastern time. And I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure 1 PM Pacific time is 4 p.m. our time, is it not? And we did go back and forth a few times, in part because I was being nice. Like, 
have you ever been really sure that you're right about something, but you, you're like, ooh, well, I'm not sure, but I think it's this. But the reason also I hedge so much is because I am wrong about this shit so often. But yeah, so there might be like one person on the face of the planet who's worse at counting than I am. But yeah, it's just not really a strong suit of mine. Anyway, um, happy Hanukkah to the Jewish listeners. And I do want to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that it's been a really hard year for Jewish people. And I would say it's been a hard several years for Jewish people. And one could even argue it's been a hard fucking century for Jewish people. (laughs) And, um... Anti-Semitism is like a very real problem and like maybe we're more aware of it now thanks to Kanye, but it is a very real problem and anti-Semitic hate crimes, I believe, are, well, Jewish, as far as religious motivated hate crimes, I know that the anti-Jewish hate crimes are number one. Now, are they, do they exceed like, I don't know, racial hate crimes? I'm not 100% sure. I really tried to find the answer, but um, Google is not being my friend, so I'm not sure. But I do know that in 2022, there was a 34% rise in anti-Semitic hate crimes versus 2021. And it was already really fucking high in 2021. So it's just, it's a massive problem. And I think it's a problem that sometimes we don't think about or acknowledge as much, especially because, you know, I hear other minority groups say this a lot where they're like, you know, the types of stereotypes that we have against Jewish people are ones that I wish I had, you know, like I I hear black people say this a lot. It's like, oh, I wish people thought I was like wealthy and in power and in control of everything, right? Like the the stereotypes against us are very, very different, which is a valid point. But the counter argument is, oh, there we go. See, I'm starting to get that suffocating feeling. Um, But the counter argument is that those very stereotypes that might to some other minority groups feel very flattering gave rise to like one of the worst events in the history of humanity. You know, it was those very arguments that like those very stereotypes were being made in Germany that then led to the Holocaust. So we can't overlook it. You know, it's a very real thing. And I know that Hanukkah isn't like nearly the most important Jewish holiday. It's just the one that tends to sometimes often be close to Christmas. Um, Nevertheless, I just this holiday season, let's keep the Jewish people in our thoughts and our prayers and, you know, let's let's just work on being a more united front as human species. Like other animals aren't doing this. It's kind of embarrassing that we do. Um, okay, also this Wednesday is um Shabayalda, which is a Persian holiday for the winter solstice. Um, in Persian culture, we kind of celebrate all of the astrological events. And Shabayalda, I would say, is our second biggest holiday, second after the spring equinox, which is our new year. And um, if you want to learn more about it, I would recommend going and listening to an episode from exactly a year ago. It's called Why is Rudolph's Nose So Red? Um, I had my friend Rojin on. We talked a lot about our experiences growing up, you know, as Persian girls in America and, you know, that feeling of like feeling different and excluded and things like that. It's a really great episode. We also giggled a lot about like random shit. I believe one of them being Rudolph's nose, which 
I don't think we ever got a conclusive answer as to why his nose is so red. Because, I mean, I I think, you know, the whole thing, the whole lore, if you will, around Rudolph is that his nose is redder than other reindeer's noses. And, you know, I just wanted to make sure there was like nothing wrong with him. I don't remember the answer, but I do think we, um, we you know, we made some headway in that episode. <laughs> No, it's a really good episode. I really would recommend listening to it. And also, you know, whatever you do or don't do for winter solstice, it might be like the first time that you're hearing those words. If it is, by the way, it means it's the longest night of the year if you're in the northern hemisphere, if it is winter for you. So if it is winter for you, the winter solstice is the shortest day and the longest night. After the winter solstice, the days will start to become longer and the nights will start to become shorter, which is excellent news. I mean, love to hear it. Um, But, you know, it's a good time for you to remember that uh, shit is still popping off in Iran. Like there's no resolution there. I mean, people are dying. Children are being killed. Um, really for no good reason at all. And so, you know, let's keep those people in our thoughts and prayers also. And I wanted to just read off um, seven different winter solstice celebrations around the world. Um, so we have, I don't know how to pronounce a single one of these, by the way. Soyal, it's spelled S-O-Y-A-L. Soyal is the winter solstice celebration of the Hopi Indians of Northern Arizona. Ceremonies and rituals include purification, dancing, and sometimes gift giving. Um, at the time of solstice, Hopi welcome the Kachinas, which are protective spirits from the mountains. Prayer sticks are crafted and used for various blessings and other rituals. Um, Yalda, which I just talked about, the Persian festival of Yalda or Shabi Yalda is the celebration of the winter solstice in Iran that started in ancient times. It marks the last day of the Persian month of Azar. I should fucking know this. It's my own language. Why do I not know? It's not Azar, it's Azar, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Yalda is viewed traditionally as the victory of light over dark and the birthday of the son of God, Mithra, Mitra. First time I'm hearing that. Um, it must be Mitra, right? Mitra, sun god Mitra. Yeah, we don't have a TH sound. It's Mitra. Uh, families celebrate together. Actually, um, I knew a girl growing up named Mitra. She was like, the best friend of my best friend growing up. Um, really cool girl. I always really liked her. I always like, I always really liked her. Did you have people like that who you kind of knew tangentially and you were like, oh, this is like one cool ass bitch. And like, I wish I was closer with her. That's how I always felt towards Mitra. I mean, here I am learning that she's the sun god. And something you might not know about me is um, I really fuck with the sun. Like, I would go as far as to say, like, if I were to choose a religion, it would be sun worshiping. Like, the connection that I feel to the sun is so extreme. And, like, the way that I feel when the sun isn't around is so extreme. And some might call that vitamin D deficiency. I call that sun worshiping. Um, but no, really, like, I really, like, I know there are a lot of, like, spiritual girlies who are, like, really fucking into the moon. And that's great. And I like the moon. But, like, the way I feel about the 
sun is next fucking level. And let me raise it one further. What you're seeing of the moon is just a reflection of the sun. So if you really fuck with the moon, you really fuck with the sun also. And um, I like looking at my astrology chart, it actually makes a lot of sense because my rising sign is Leo. And, um, you know, the planet that rules Leo is the sun. And there's like, a, I have a bunch of placements around there. Also something with like my MC line. I can't remember, honestly, but it. I remember when I was like learning more and more about my chart. A book that I really recommend for that, by the way, if you're into this shit is, um, wow, completely. Okay. Chani Nichols or Nicholas. I can't remember what her last name is. She has a really good book that helps you read your own chart. And it's like, so like, it's so, um, systematic. Like it's so like, it's, it's step-by-step like you, like she has all the, like it, it's easy to follow. Like you did, like it's not, um, (laughs) It's not like a textbook. It's like really just step by step. And like you really walk through the book and it's not like you read the book beginning to end. You just read the parts that pertain to you and your mind will be fucking blown. So if you're interested in this, highly recommend that book. Um, Maybe I will link it in the show notes if I remember. I am on a weird tangent, though. I do like in case you're curious about how I do these episodes, I have a rough outline that I follow. I know it sounds like it's just like nonsense, but there is a rough outline, but I of course, like go off of outline. So if it's something that's in the outline, I'll always remember to include it like in the show notes. But if it's not in the outline, like this bizarre tangent that we're on right now, I sometimes don't remember. I will try to remember, you know what, maybe I'll just jot a note into the outline. Um, Link Chani book. Book. There we go. Okay, it'll be in the show notes. It's an excellent book. Um, okay, families celebrate. This is back to Iran. <laughs> um, families celebrate together with special foods like nuts and pomegranates, and some and some stay awake all night long to welcome the morning sun. Um, they left out that we eat a lot of um, watermelon. Also, watermelon and pomegranates is like the big things that my family does. But yeah, like nuts and like kind of like a trail mix type vibe, if you will. We call it ajil. Um, okay. Uh, Inti Raimi. Again, I know I'm mispronouncing all of these. If it makes you feel better, I may have mispronounced one of the months in the Persian calendar in a language that is my mother tongue <laughs> that I like never mispronounced it in. Okay. Um, this solstice celebration comes in June rather than in December because in Peru, they are south of the equator. So June is like their December, you know, so their winter solstice happens in June. Um, it's the Incan celebration in honor of the sun god. Oh, there we go. Okay, cool. Lots of sun gods. Maybe I should learn up about this one. Originally celebrated by the Inca before the arrival of Spanish conquistadors, the festivities include feasts and sacrifices of animals or possibly even children. Okay. Well, this took a turn. Um, let's move on to the next one. Saturnalia. 
Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. The ancient Roman festival of Saturnalia is perhaps most closely linked with the modern celebration of Christmas. Oh, very cool. This festival happened around the time of the winter solstice and celebrated the end of planting season. There were games and feasts and gift giving for several days and social order was inverted. Slaves did not work and were briefly treated as equals. Okay, this is just getting kind of sad. Although I'm I mean, I don't, okay, moving right along, midwinter in Antarctica. Even Antarctica gets a share of solstice celebration thanks to the researchers staying there over long, dangerously cold season. Um, while those of us in the northern hemisphere are enjoying the most daylight hours, what? In the southern hemisphere, they're celebrating midwinter. Festivities include special meals, films, and sometimes even handmade gifts. Okay, I don't get it, but we're just going to move along. At least they're not, you know, sacrificing humans. Um, St. Lucia's Day or St. Lucia's Day. I'm not sure. Again, I'm pronouncing all of these shits wrong, so <laughs> I'll just move on from that. It's a festival of lights celebrated in Scandinavia around the time of winter solstice, although it is now meant to honor St. Lucia, a Christian martyr. I'm not Christian so it's not my fault. I don't know how to pronounce the saint's name. It has been incorporated with earlier Norse solstice traditions, such as lighting fires to ward off spirits during the longest nights. Girls dress up in white gowns with red sashes, cute, and wear wreaths of candles on their head. Wow. Okay. A bit of a fire hazard. I hope they're safe. You know, there's those, um, like LED lights that look like candles nowadays, that might be a safer way to practice this. Okay, and the last one, Dongji. Definitely going to pronounce that wrong, but what else is new? Uh, AKA the arrival of winter is an important festival in China. It is a time for family to get together and celebrate the year they've had based on the traditional Chinese celestial calendar. The holiday generally falls between the 21st and the 23rd of September. It is thought to have started as an end of harvest festival with workers returning from the fields and enjoying the fruits of their labors with their families. special foods such as Tang Yan, Glutinous rice balls are enjoyed. Glutinous rice balls are like fucking fire, like 10 out of 10. Um, so yeah, you might be wondering why the fuck we're talking about this. And there's really no specific reason other than like the more you know. And, you know, if you're going to any holiday parties this week or like reuniting with family or something and you don't know what the fuck to talk about, what an excellent topic to bring up. Look at that. Your dinner on Wednesday or your dinner at any given point or you're at a party and you're like, hey, guess what? Do you know about the winter solstice? Because I know about seven different cultures that celebrate it. And let me tell you a bit about it. And maybe just gloss over the people who are sacrificing animals because that's just a little bit unsavory in modern day. But OK, um, what else? Oh, Link Chani book is in my outline. <laughs> Okay, I want to move right along. So this past weekend, um, was it the weekend? No, maybe it was Thursday. Um, my friend Katie was in town for, well, she was in town for work, really, but she also scheduled a bridal dress fitting while she was here because, um, you know, that's what you do when you're engaged. And um, 
she was staying with me and it was at 5.30 on a Thursday. And this is going to be relevant in a little while, although not quite yet. Um, anyway, and her fiance's cousins came. And one of them told me two of the best stories I've ever heard. And they're both about poop. Um, and really, they just made me feel a lot better about my like chronic constipation issues. So she's a doctor and she works in the ER. And she said one of her patients said that she has such a hard time pooping that she puts on a glove and reaches inside of her asshole and manually pulls the poop out. And, you know, that just made me feel so much better about all of my constipation issues <laughs> because at least I've not once done that. Although I have like, I remember there was this movie I watched so many years ago. It was called like Zack and Miri make a porno or something like that. And um, in one scene, they have this like actual porn star filming an anal scene and um, some, you know, someone put a penis in her butt and she just immediately pooped everywhere. And I was like, well, if that's what happens when you do anal, maybe I will try it out. But yeah, no, I've like luckily never fucking done that. So that just made me feel so much better. And if you too have chronic constipation issues, I hope you feel some kind of relief in knowing that at least you're not manually pulling the shit out of your asshole. The other story that I heard um, really had nothing to do with constipation, but <laughs> it'll make you kind of feel grateful for being constipated all the time if you are. So um, someone told this story about how she had eaten mushrooms and, um, you know, just like was like experiencing so much like digestive upset and was sitting on the toilet, butt naked, not feeling well. And her um, partner came in to check on her and she's like, oh, I don't feel well. And then she like stood up and just started projectile vomiting around the room. And then she turned around so that she could get some of the vomit in the toilet and that she shat on the floor. <laughs> and this is while tripping on mushrooms. And you know, you got to love someone who shares that with you the first time you meet them. And like, I mean that dead ass seriously, because like, you guys know me, you know, like if that happened to me, I would, I would like a, I would first share it on the podcast because of course I like to save things for you guys first. And then I would never stop talking about it. Like never stop talking about it. Um, what an amazing story. And just like, what a fucking queen. Like, I don't even know what else to say. Like, it's, I think about it like four times a day. Like, I have a full visual of it. And I just, I love that for her. I love it so much. Okay, um, moving right along. Oh, also... We took um, some of those gummies that I talked about on last week's episode that night, and we all had such a good time. And it just reminded me so many of you guys ordered them and have been DMing me and saying that they're like the best gummies that you've ever had and had so much fun. And I'm so happy to hear it because that's my exact experience. Um, if you're wondering, my favorite ones are the Relax Plus. I think it's like the perfect CBD to THC ratio for me to feel like a little bit high and giggly and fun, but also not feel like overwhelmed. 
So yeah, 10 out of 10 recommend them. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes again, and you can use the code HIWAA15 for 15% off. They're so fucking good. Don't sleep on this. And those of you who have ordered them, I'm so happy you're enjoying them so much. Honestly, if you want something to get you through the holidays, this is it. Okay, moving right along. Excuse me. Sorry, I had to blow my nose because I literally feel like I'm suffocating this entire time. Okay, so it was Ozzy's birthday this past week, and I literally forgot. Well, okay, I didn't forget. That's not entirely fair. What happened was... um, Well, no, I forgot. I mean, I literally forgot. And the thing is, he's in Australia, so they're a day ahead of us. And so like when it was his birthday in Australia, I completely forgot. Now, when it was his birthday here, December 16th, I did like look down on my phone at some point and I was like, oh, the 16th, isn't that Ozzy's birthday? And then I was like, oh, fuck. So I spent an entire day talking to him yesterday and I didn't say happy birthday. Whoops. And so... I went to say happy birthday to him. And then a friend of mine was like, sent him a nude um, and say like, you know, something cheesy, like, oh, like, you know, I, I forget what she said. And I was like, OK, I'm not going to say that. But I did um, send him a photo of my tits and I just said, like, wish we were together. But here's what I did that I thought was kind of hot. And also, like, before this, I was, like, Googling, like, oh, good positions to take nudes in. And I don't know. And I, you know, just being the lazy bitch that I am, didn't even keep going with my Googling quest. I just, like, fucking did it. Um, But if anyone knows, like, good angles to take nudes from, maybe this is, like, a separate podcast episode. Maybe I will find an expert on this subject (laughs) and we'll do a whole episode on how to take good nudes because bitch doesn't know like I have no fucking clue I never really take nudes but I did take a photo of my tits and send it to him and then I did something that I thought was really cool so on an on iPhone when you go to send a message you can like send it with different types of effects and so if you just hold down on the send button you'll see so I sent it with invisible ink and it shows up as this like shimmery like kind of like monochrome photo but then when you swipe your fingers over it it'll reveal the photo so that's kind of cool and in part I did that because his nieces are always on his phone so I didn't want just like a photo of my tits there for his like you know elementary school age nieces to see but also I thought it was just kind of like hot and kind of fun so something to try out also just a reminder if you're out there sending nudes never send a nude that you would not be comfortable with the entire world seeing because no matter how much you trust this person like it could be out of their hands like their phone could be hacked so if you don't want to have a photo of your tits out there that has your face in it then never send a nude with your face in it guess what I trust Ozzy more than I trust myself Still didn't put my fucking face in it. Now, if that photo leaked, I'd be fine with it, you know? So just something to keep in mind. Okay. Um, I have, wow, this episode's really running kind of long. Um, I have a quick, um, am I the asshole moment that I want you guys to weigh in on, please. Like, I want to know what you guys think. So, um, I've been getting IVs, right? And every time I go to get an IV and they're like literally hundreds of dollars relevant to the story, um, guess what happens when I'm done with my IV and I pay for it? 
guess what? Guess, guess, guess. They turn a fucking iPad around at me. And now like the tip for this would end up being like a hundred to two hundred dollars. It's no fucking joke. And every goddamn time I tip them. And so I got an IV this past weekend. And when she turns the iPad around, she goes, you know, at your discretion. And I was like, Okay, well, thank you for saying that. Like, I understand that there's no fucking gun to my head. I'm just trying to understand the etiquette here. Like, am I supposed to tip? And she's like, well, you know, it's it's really up to you. And I was like, no, no, no. I Again, I understand that you're not like holding me hostage and forcing me to tip. I do understand that concept, but I want to know the etiquette. Am I supposed to tip? And she's like, well, you know, like, you know, it's really like up to you. But like, you know, if you think your nurse did a really good job and you want to say that. And I was like, again, just tell me if I'm fucking supposed to tip or not, because I don't know, you know, and like, is this like, OK, like at a restaurant, technically it's up to you, but it's really not up to you because those bitches are not being paid and it's up to you to make sure that they get some income. So it's really not like a discretionary situation at, you know, a restaurant. But like, is this like, are these nurses being paid properly or are they dependent on me tipping them for them to be paid properly? Like I, and she's like, no, 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 they're paid properly. So I didn't tip. And I like, and then, and it's, I've been thinking about it nonstop ever since then. Ever since then, all I can think about is, um, that girl sitting on the toilet with like a distended Buddha belly and her fiance coming in and her projectile vomiting everywhere and then turning around and shitting on the floor. <laughs> and the fact that I didn't tip this poor, poor nurse. And like, I don't know, I don't know what I was supposed to have done. I just don't know. So am I the asshole for not tipping in that scenario? Does anyone know? By the way, this was a clean market if it helps, but like, I don't like, are you supposed to tip nurses? And if so, is this ever going to end? Like, are we going to be at the hospital one day and checking out and having to tip our doctors? Like, can we just stop this nonsense and reform the whole system and do what the vast majority of the rest of the world does, which is where businesses appropriately pay their fucking employees and stop having this burden on us. Although, you know, jokes on us. Cause like, no matter what happens, like if restaurants change, to, you know, appropriately pay their servers, that's going to fall on us. Like the menu prices are going to go up. That's what's going to happen, you know? So like, don't be fooled. Either way, we have the burden, but I'd rather have the burden in a straightforward fucking manner rather than like having, you know, like, like having this like sticker price that actually isn't reflective of what you're going to end up paying. Plus like having this constant uncertainty of like, okay, if you're buying a water bottle at a bodega, most people would agree that you shouldn't tip. Even though I still fucking tip in those scenarios because I have people pleasing issues and I don't know like I just don't know what I'm supposed to do and I'd like more clarity I just want just have the prices reflect what we're gonna fucking pay and not have this song and dance because I don't like it it's stressing me out but anyway am I the asshole should I have tipped someone please let me know okay we're gonna move right along to um tv racks or really it's more of a tv discussion now, I watched season two of White Lotus, and I was expecting, like, listen, it was good. It was fucking good. Season one was good. Season two was good. I agree that season two is better than season one. But in both scenarios, I just, again, I'm not saying they're bad. They're very, very good. But I don't 
think they're living up to the extreme hype that they have. Like the way that, and by they, I mean season one and season two. Like the way that people talk about White Lotus, like I was expecting to like have been launched into like a different planet and come back. Like the way people talk about White Lotus is like, it's, it's, you know, the Lord and Savior has come down again to absolve us from our sins. Like, it's the way people talk about White Lotus is like as though we have never seen anything like it. And I'm starting to wonder if this is a bit of like a the emperor has no clothes situation. Because again, I, I'm not saying it's bad. It's good. They're good. They're not. It's not that good, though. It's just not that good even though it is like really beautiful and like interesting and like whatever there's great build up yada yada I'm not denying any of these things the acting is phenomenal like it's not the best thing I've ever seen there's so much good tv nowadays I just don't think it's the best and if you do I'm not here to argue with you I want you to educate me because like clearly there's something that I'm not getting so like slide into my dms and please explain to me why this is getting the type of hype that it's getting and I'm gonna say something that's gonna be like maybe the most controversial thing I've ever said I low-key think Don't Worry Darling is better. I think about Don't Worry Darling like 14 times a day along with the girl who projectile vomited and then shot on the floor and um, the Ivy tipping situation. I think about this nonstop. And also with the Ivy tipping situation, like please don't be shy. Like this and like White Lotus and the Ivy tipping situation, I want to be put in my place. So like please, please tell me if you think I was in the wrong like I won't be upset I want to know I want to know and with White Lotus again I'm not going to argue with you I want you to help explain it to me because clearly I'm not getting it don't worry darling I thought was so fucking good so fucking good um the one thing I do think about constantly is the plane I'm not going to say anything more than that in case you haven't seen it I don't want to spoil it for you because I really did think it was excellent um if you have any thoughts answers explanations theories around the plane please um hit me up okay um now I do want to talk about Daphne from White Lotus and um I'm not going to spoil anything beyond like the first few episodes so I'm going to be very vague but a I fucking love Daphne because I love that actress she was in the bull type and I fucking loved the bull type if you haven't seen it I do recommend it it's a lot like younger they're like very similar shows and I thought it was really fucking cute and I like binged the whole thing last year probably and yeah I fucking loved it um also she's like absolutely radiant and I guess my question is this do you think it's better to be willfully ignorant Okay, the silence is intentional. Do you think it's better to be willfully ignorant? And, you know, this kind of reminds me of, um, remember in The Matrix, like the red pill versus, I don't know, was it blue pill? I don't know. Um, whatever, where, you know, I, 
I'm going to spoil this if you haven't seen it because it came out like 14,000 years ago. So if you haven't seen it, that's really fucking on you. And I'm sure you've heard this analogy before, right? Where like one of the pills, you wake up into the reality of what actual life is. I should really rewatch The Matrix because I haven't seen it since it first came out in like 1999 or the late 1900s, as Gen Z likes to call it. Um but yeah, like one, you stay in um, the simulation, I believe it was, and then the other, you wake up, right? And um, which is better. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it like it's 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 an interesting conversation, right? Um, honestly, this kind of pertains to something else we've been talking about that I don't want to say in case you haven't seen it because I don't want to spoil anything. But um, but yeah, it, it's just an interesting question of like, is it better to be willfully ignorant? And is it possible to be willfully ignorant? Because I would argue that I think there's a part of you deep down that will always nod to you because you know that you're living your life a lie. But Daphne does seem to just be in good spirits. Or do we think that she's going to have a full fucking breakdown one day? I don't know. I'm very curious. Anyway, um, okay, this plum is like fucking killing me. Anyway, um, I stand corrected re-Wednesday. Wednesday is an exceptional show. It's so fucking well done. I'm not done with it yet, but I was just like binging it over the weekend and having the fucking time of my life. But one thing I noticed, so when I was on episode like three or so, I was like, uh, wait, like, I feel like I kind of missed something. So I went back and I rewatched it from the beginning and I realized how fucking much I missed because like, I just looked down at my phone while watching TV. And it's funny that I was like shitting on Ozzy last episode for like not being super present all the time when I'm out here, like watching a TV show and I have like no fucking clue what happened because I'm also on my phone the entire time. So like, you know, glass houses, stones, kettle, pot, whatever. Anyway, um, but Wednesday is like fucking phenomenal and I can't wait to finish it. Like it's so well done. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, Emily in Paris is coming uh, back this week, I think maybe. Actually, maybe on Wednesday, winter solstice day. So while you're remembering the Persian people and um, yada, yada, you can also watch Emily in Paris. Um, I have kind of an unpopular opinion on Emily in Paris. This will be a spoiler of season two. I really fucking love the British dude. I like the British dude so much more than the French dude. Like, I think they have such a strong, like, sense of humor connection, whereas, like, the French dude is all, like, and, like, that's my impression of French people, I guess. I'm not entirely sure what that was. He's just like too serious. Like, I just don't like people who are too serious. Like, if you can't like joke around and have fun and be silly, like I'm not going to fuck with you too hard. And that's just where I stand in life. Um, But yeah, like I really, I really like the British dude. And obviously I'm sure like the show's going to end with like her ending up with the French dude because that's what they teased in season one. And that's how these t- things tend to go. But I really respect shows that don't do that. Um, So yeah, let's hope Emily in Paris is one of those shows. Um, Okay. The other thing I watched was part two of the Meghan and Harry documentary. So I cried like really the entire time, like truly the entire time. I think I cried beginning to end. Um, I may have said this last episode. I honestly can't remember, but 
I really think there's such like a modern fairy tale because instead of like, oh, the prince coming to rescue the girl, it's like black American girl goes and rescues prince from these shackles of monarchy. Like what a fucking twist. I love it. Disney should make a movie. Disney should make a (gasps) movie. This should be the next Disney cartoon. (gasps) They should sell their life rights to Disney. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is anyone, does anyone who listens work at Disney because you should pitch this? Wait, trademark or trademark copyright. It's my idea. Um, I should, I should get some kind of royalties, but seriously, Disney should do this. Um, Also, Meghan Markle's style is impeccable. Well, specifically her royal style. And I know she addresses it like, oh, she wore beige because of whatever, wanting to blend in, yada, yada. Don't give a shit. I think it's iconic. But more so than the color palette, which again, I did fucking love. I love her silhouettes. I fucking love the silhouettes. Like that green dress that she wore on her last royal outing with like that cape thing, the silhouette, the way it drapes over the shoulder, stunning. That um, Givenchy dress that she wore on her first royal outing since being married. It's like kind of beige with a belt and the way like the shoulders fold down, stunning, iconic. Just like every, like I've noticed that I have a thing with like, um, silhouettes around the collar. Like I was looking at, okay, so I have like kind of like a quote unquote vision board. I do it on Instagram. You know, you can save things on Instagram. So I'll save them into different collections. And I have one for like my highest self and how I envision her dressing. Um, and there's a lot of Meghan Markle shit in there. Um, also I was talking about this with a friend about like, you know, how you affect change. And I wonder if like one thing that went wrong with them, or I don't know, I don't know if they actually did this wrong is, but I do think like the way to really affect change is to do it step by step. Like I think if you try to change too much at once, people are not going to have an easy time with that because there's already like, like people just can't handle too much change at once. So like if you really want to change something, let's say it's like in your family structure, right? I would recommend tackling one thing at a time because if you try to tackle too much, like, uh, like people are going to be really overwhelmed. But if you can like kind of hold true to other things and just go step by step, people are going to be far more receptive. And one trick that I think really helps here is, um, always using, oh my God, I'm running so over time guys. Like I'm not even close to the shit that I actually wanted to talk about. Um, but using the words like, I agree, is absolute magic for affecting change. Like, oh, I agree. And also blah, 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 blah. Right. I had a conversation recently with some people where, um, they were talking about like some stuff and uh, like everything that they would say, which was like a little bit, like not super progressive. Like you could tell some like, like completely unconscious biases and things they were saying. I'd be like, yeah, 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 I completely see what you're saying. And also blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Cause that's just how we are. Okay. I'm going to speed things along. Um, also like if you're really triggered by Megan, I would look internal. Um, specifically like I hear people talk a lot about her inauthenticity. If you're really triggered by her inauthenticity, 
inauthenticity? Is it possible that maybe you're inauthentic in certain ways? Because otherwise, like I do, I think she's inauthentic sometimes. Sure. But it doesn't really bother me, you know? So like if you're really triggered by it, um, look internal. Um, okay. Also, I think like one thing that made me cry a lot while watching the documentary is like how, uh, you know, magical it was for people who are minorities to see her in the royal family. And I remember someone, I don't remember who it was talking about, like at the wedding, having a gospel choir and, oh my God, I'm going to start crying, I think. And, um, you know, Idris Elba and a few other minorities looking at each other and being like, fuck, this is like actual change. And then I remembered there's this like video on TikTok or something, but I'm sure you can find it of um, like a compilation of black girls reactions when they saw that the little mermaid was black and just the way they're like, oh my God, she looks like me. And like how important it is for people in like every sort of minority group to see representations of themselves like how big of a difference that makes. And that's something, you know, I talk about a lot, like growing up Middle Eastern in Germany, I never saw people who looked like me ever, like on TV portrayed ever as like, like, especially as like an object of desire, especially as like a beautiful person, you know? And so like, I always thought that I had to be like white and blonde and blue eyed in order to be attractive. And like, I used to just every fucking day, just like pray to God that I would wake up the next day being like a white girl with blonde hair. And, you know, we've, like the world has changed so much on that. Like we obviously still have so far to go, but it is so important. And I just think that symbolism was like so important. And then having them leave the Royal family, the way that must've like shattered so many people who had like hope for once. Like the fact that like the vast majority of the Commonwealth does look more like her than the actual Royal family. Anyway, like regardless of what you think about them, I do really recommend watching the documentary because there's so many interesting conversations about imperialism, about Britain's role in slavery, about unconscious bias, about learning and unlearning things that, you know, we know and PTSD. There's just such a deeper conversation than, you know, about them as people. And I do think that the documentary does such an excellent job on that. Okay. Let's move right along. Um, so this past week I was listening to a podcast. Um, it was actually Mel Robbins's podcast and she talks about manifestation and like specifically like neural manifestation, um, which I know someone who's going to be really pissed that she used those words because I know someone who believes that she has trademarked those words, but let's just move right along from that. So what Mel Robbins says are the four steps to neural manifestation is like, number one, be honest with yourself about what you want. Number two, visualize taking the steps to achieve what you want. Number three, feel those visualizations in your body. So like really tap into your five senses. And number four, do the things that you're actually visualizing. So the magic is in the actions. Manifestation just takes the fears and the blocks away, but you still have to do the thing. 
And so specifically what I want to talk about here with that is like the visualization. She says, don't visualize the results, visualize the actions that you will take to achieve those results. So an example that she gives is, um, let's say like you want to run a marathon. You don't need to visualize yourself crossing the finish line. You, what you want to do is visualize yourself putting on your sneakers every fucking morning and going for a run and training, even when it's raining, even when it's cold, even when you don't feel like it, you still go and you do it every single time. And she says that when you do this visualization, it's actually... There's a lot of research um, on how your mind really can't tell the difference between visualization and real life. And so when you're visualizing in this way, it prepares your brain to do it. it. It's like a procedural memory thing. So like rehearsing procedural memory encodes it into your body. And so when that day comes, when it's raining and you really fucking don't feel like it, you're going to be a lot more likely to actually do it because you've been rehearsing for this exact moment. And so I started thinking about it and I was like, okay, like, what's something I really want to like, quote unquote, manifest right now? And, you know, there's a lot to be said about manifestation and like, um, you know, systemic issues, internalized racism, yada, yada, that we're not going to touch on today. But I, I do want to acknowledge that like manifestation is a very loaded subject. Um, nevertheless, oh, there's a good episode that we did. It was me and Stella um, a while ago, like within the past couple months, I'd say. Um, and it's like, is it possible to manifest love or something like that? It's good. I would go listen to that anyway. So like one thing I'd want to quote unquote manifest right now was like more of like a community in New York city, right? Like having, like, I feel like all of my friends moved out of New York city during lockdown, like literally every single one of my close friends who lived in the city. And I hadn't even been here that long before the lockdown. So the fact that I'd even made like a whole group of friends, like it shocks me to begin with, but they all moved out during lockdown. And like, I have some friends here and there, but I don't have like the type of like tight knit community that I'd want to have in the city. And that's something, you know, I've been talking about in recent episodes and how it's been weighing on me. And so, okay. So that's something I want to like, quote unquote manifest. Right. So instead of like visualizing myself with the community that I actually want, I should visualize myself like, you know, (sighs) I don't know, leaving the house, <laughs> um, like getting dressed and going out, even if I don't feel like it, like taking people up on invitations, like meeting one person and actually forging a friendship with them. And then maybe meeting people uh, through them, like maybe not like freaking out over food stuff and going. And that actually um, brings me back to the bridal dress shopping, right? So it was at 530, which is a time where I usually like to eat dinner. And oftentimes like I'll like kind of like freak out like, oh, well, you know, like if I go to this at that time, then it'll throw my dinner off, which is going to throw my sleep off and like blah, 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 blah. You know, it's all just like residual stuff from eating disorder days. And, um, and so, you know, instead I would rehearse like, okay, like not freaking out over food stuff and like going and doing things. And I did go and I met, you know, my friends, fiance's cousins who were like fucking awesome and live in Brooklyn. And like, I definitely want to hang out with them. So, Yeah, just a little tip on that. Like instead of visualizing the outcome, visualize yourself taking the steps that you need to take to actually get there. Also, another thing on manifestation that I've been thinking about. 
I hope you guys didn't hear that. I just blew my nose. It's, it truly feels like I'm suffocating sometimes as I'm recording this. Is It's interesting how like when there is this goal that we really want to achieve, we sometimes feel the pressure to like get there right now. Like it's like we want to speed time to actually get to this destination, but life is happening right now. And like the only true scarce resource in this world is time. Like it's the one thing that we truly like cannot renew. Although, you know, um, I talked about this a while ago. It was like an episode in the 90s. Um, Apparently helium is not renewable and like we have a good amount of it right now, but once it runs out, like we have no plans of getting more and helium is used for a lot of like really important shit, like hospital stuff, et cetera. And then it's also used for balloons. So, you know, and I never got my 100 balloons for the 100th episode. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) Like time is truly, truly, truly a scarce resource and like you can never get more time. So why would we ever willingly like will away time to get to this like goal that we want to achieve? It's like, oh, I can't wait until I have this. Oh, I can't wait until I have that. Like, no, you should wait. You should wait because life is happening right now. And I think it points to a deeper issue of like, you, if you are willing to will time away to get to some destination, then you must think that on some level, in some way, you are not adequate. You are not good enough. You are less than without having this thing. And that's what I think is interesting. And that's what I think you should dig into. So if you find yourself being like, oh, I can't wait till I have a promotion or I can't wait until I have uh, this house or I can't wait till I have this relationship why? Why can't you wait? Like, why is it that you on some level think that you are not good enough without having this thing? Because that's not true. And yes, maybe things will be better. Like maybe like things will be better in some ways once you have that thing, but your life is still happening right now. And it can still be really delightful and fulfilling and fruitful. And like you, shouldn't want to will time away. And if the thing that is at the other end of it for you is a relationship, like it was for me for so long, the biggest thing I always wanted to manifest was love, a relationship. Then if you have that feeling, I wonder if you do have a bit of anxious attachment because like what you're basically saying is like you're like less than as a person until you have this love, which isn't true at all. And I can tell you that it isn't true. And interestingly for me, like I didn't find the relationship that I wanted until I worked through that attachment patterning and I got to a place where I realized I was okay without it. And I know it's like so cheesy and cliche and people are like, oh, you'll find it when you aren't looking or when you least expect it. And like, fuck that. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it can be true. But what I do think is true is that like it'll come to you when you don't need it anymore. And it's not because of like any woo-woo type of thing. I think it's because when you don't need it anymore is when you're in a place where you're capable of having that type of relationship. Because like you won't have so much weight on it, if that makes sense. Like you won't come at it with a desperate energy. You won't cling on to it too hard. You won't, you know, mold yourself into the type of person that you think would be lovable. You'll actually show up as your full 
full authentic self. Like you will come at it with an energy of ease and that's what will make a relationship work. Okay. Um, (laughs) All this intro to... I do want to talk about like how to be single over the holidays. And I have a few notes on this. Um, Number one, like start your own traditions. Like I started this with my birthday a few years ago when I was like kind of depressed over being single. I started this tradition where I have this one journal that's only my birthday journal and I journal on it on my birthday every year. And then the following year I go and I read what I was writing. I'll do it like the day before and the day after my birthday too often. And I'll read what I was writing writing at that time and then like update what's happened in this past year and like how things are different and how things are the same yada yada it's a nice little tradition I started for myself instead of like being depressed about being single um you know you could start stockings or whatever you know play games um you set rituals on like how and when you open presents maybe like a specific dinner that you have or a specific breakfast or you know holiday decorating a real versus a fake tree a color scheme yada yada, yada. Like these things are a lot easier when you're single. So you can start your own traditions instead of waiting for someone to start traditions with. Um, Be your own support system. Now this might have kind of like 5150 vibes, but um, I like to picture like the best, the highest version of myself as like this friend, this confidant that I talk to, that I confide in, that comforts me, that gives me a hug when I'm down. So like if you're with your family and you're like, God, this would be so much easier if I had had a partner alongside with me to like deal with my family's craziness picture your highest your best self as your partner your confidant the person who's holding your hand the entire fucking time who is there with you um again I don't know if that's like kind of crazy like I don't know if that's concerning but like give yourself the love and the comfort that you're seeking from others um do cute holiday stuff that you'd want to do with a partner by yourself or do them, you know, with friends. Like if you have no friends like me, then do them by yourself. But if you have friends, honestly, studies show that like the strength of your community is the biggest predictor of happiness. It's not money. It's not health. It's not relationship. It's actually just the community that you have around you. But even if you don't have that, do that shit alone. Go ice skating in Bryant Park. Go take a picture with Rockefeller Tree. Go to Christmas markets. You can do all this shit alone. But if you friends do it with friends um buy yourself nice stuff I want to buy myself some gold rings because I just got the aura ring and I think um I could have this cute vibe if I have like three or so rings gold rings on my fingers so I might go to Majuri because they have like really reasonably priced stuff and buy a few rings for myself um you know after, if you're a longtime listener, you might remember me talking about the German. After that ended and I was in a really bad headspace, I went and got this cartilage piercing. It's like right in the middle of my ear. So not the top cartilage, like right dead center. And I got this piercing as like a reminder to myself that I always have myself. And like, no matter what, I always have this like love that I have for myself and like no man, no relationship, no nothing can take that away from me. And it was like the sweetest thing I've ever done. And every time I look in the mirror, I see that earring and I remember that. And even though I was like in a really down time when I got that piercing, that doesn't change like the love that I have for myself. And like, I look at that and I'm like, wow, what a strong bitch. Cause I was in this low place, but I was able to kind of like make this commitment to myself. Um, 
I talked about like doing like a mood board for like the highest version of myself and how she dresses. That's something you could do and then maybe pick a few things. Or if you're in this space right now, hello, buy yourself a Blush Academy membership. It's a low monthly price. You get access to all of the courses. You get Q&A services. You get access to the challenges. The 2023 kickoff challenge is going to be flames emoji. If you have anything you want to work through, you're going to want to work through it there. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Go on dates, but if you do want go on dates, I would say don't put too much weight on each date that you go on because I've done this a lot. Like ever since I was little, I like and like I'd seen mistletoe on TV and stuff. I wanted to like host a Christmas party that had mistletoe in it and like people got stuck under the mistletoe and have to kiss each other and I had like all these visions for it, right? And I guess I'd like picture me throwing it with a partner, especially like once I moved to New York and I, you know, didn't know a ton of people. And so I just like kind of, I think like part of why I wanted a relationship so badly was also to like get a community through that. And I remember a few years ago, it was like, I guess it was three years ago. Um, it was my first single Christmas in New York. Um, I was supposed to go on a date on like, I don't know, like mid-December with this guy who I'd met through a friend of mine. And I remember like just having all of these, like I was like, oh my God, and like we'll go on a date. And then like, you know, maybe if we go on a few more dates, like, and then um, by the time Christmas rolls around, we can like jointly throw a Christmas party with mistletoe. Like I was just putting so much weight on it because I wanted to have a boyfriend by Christmas to like achieve all these arbitrary things, like throw a Christmas party with mistletoe, which like, by the way, I still haven't done. <laughs> One year I'll do it. But, um, but it's like, it's so arbitrary. Like you don't have to have a boyfriend by Christmas. It means fucking nothing. It literally makes no difference. So like go on dates if you are single, if you can handle it, but like don't put like pressure on each date to be like, oh my God, like the, you know, I'm running out of time to like have a boyfriend by Christmas or New Year's or this or that. None of it fucking matters. Um, also we're going to kind of wrap this up with, um, this is a good time to invest in self-pleasure. And so I'm just going to talk about that briefly. Um, I have two vibrators well, actually, I, I technically own four vibrators. So I have one called The Bender. It's by a brand called Unbound. And um, it's kind of like a slim thing. Um, you can put part of it in your vagina and then you can bend it so the other part of it touches your clit and you can bend it however you want. Um, I never turn it on because I find that the battery power isn't that great. And I don't really love vibration on my clit anyway, but I do like putting it in my vagina because I've noticed that I have a much better orgasm when I have something inside and when I'm like touching my clit on the outside. Um, the other vibrator I have is by Dame and it's one of those that blows air that's supposed to like mimic the feeling of oral sex. I've used it a few times. I really haven't mastered it, but if you've never liked a vibrator, that is like the most popular vibrator, um, especially amongst people who say they don't love vibrators, but I've heard so many people who say they could never have an orgasm until they tried one of those. Again, the one I have is by Dame, but there's plenty of them. And then I have two others. I have another one by Dame that's supposed to be like a G-spot vibrator, but I've never used it because um, 
it's like bigger than I anticipated. And like, I'm sure I could, like I could fit it in, right? Like the vagina stretches endlessly, but, um, I just like, I'm not into like, um, feeling like I'm not into like putting myself into pain for sex. Like, it's like, I like the feeling of like a little like stretch or like, Ooh, it can barely fit like when I have sex, but I don't want that feeling when I'm by myself. So I really like the bender because it is so slim and it just glides in easily. But the other one, the arc it's called. So I haven't used it for that reason. And then there is one in the Showfields goodie bag from the last Showfields event that we did that I haven't used, but my friends who went to the event say that it's excellent. Um, other things for self-pleasure, um, experiment with different types of porn sites. Um, you know, there's a lot of more women-friendly ones. Um, also, little trivia, 90% of women need mental framing to be able to feel arousal. I definitely fall into that. Like, I, like, to be turned on, need to like visualize a whole scenario, et cetera. Um, so like what you might enjoy is like Dipsy has like, like erotic stories, or I really like literotica where it's like literature. <laughs> it's like sex stories written down. I really like those. Um, other things that I've liked, um, Foria has this like CBD lube that I really like. I've had really good orgasms using that. Um, make a whole ritual of it, like fucking light some candles, do it safely. Maybe you can buy those LED ones. We don't want to start a fire, but, um, you know, make it romantic. Touch the rest of your body. Don't just go right into your genitals, like touch your boobs. Um, there's like actually vibrators and stuff for like nipples and things like that. Um, so yeah, make a whole like ritual of it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my guide on how to navigate the holidays single. But one thing I do want to touch on is, you know, why are you single if you don't want to be? I mean, if you're intentionally single, brava. If you're intentionally taking some time, um, you know, and then want to be partnered up later, brava. I uh, applaud you. Amazing. But if you really want to be in a relationship like I did, right, I wanted it so badly, but it just wasn't happening for me and it's just not happening for you, ask yourself why. And it usually falls into like one of a few buckets. So like, number one, like, are you even meeting people? If, you, if you're not, like, why? Are you open to it? Are you on apps? Do your friends know that you're single? Do you like go to parties, go out with your friends, et cetera? Do you flirt with people in public? Do you slide into DMs? Um, this might be a good area for mental rehearsal for you. Visualize yourself doing these things. Visualize yourself going out and like being open to talking to strangers or, you know, going on the apps. I know it can be annoying, but like, let's be real. It's, it's like the yellow pages for single people. If you're single and want to meet someone and you're not on apps, I would really look into why that is because I'm willing to bet so much money that you have some kind of resistance to it. Um, do you have space 
for a relationship? I mean, do you have like some kind of enmeshed situation that's taking the energetic space of a partnership, whether that's like a friend who is just so needy and you have to be on their beck and call, or maybe you're really enmeshed with your parents, or maybe you're really enmeshed with your job. Your job is kind of taking the energetic space that a partner would, or maybe like, you know, I, in my eating disorder days, like I didn't have energetic space for a relationship. I said I wanted to be in a relationship so badly, but like, let's be real. I had no space for it because like my eating disorder was taking over my life. Like it was my number one priority. Like I, I did like deep down, I didn't really care about much beyond that. Everything else was in the back burner. Um, so like it could be some kind of like addiction, mental issue, whatever that like is just taking up so much space in your life that you really don't have energetic space for a relationship. Um, maybe your picker is off. Um, you know, is it the case where like everyone you go out with seems emotionally unavailable? Maybe you're subconsciously seeking out people who can't meet your needs. Um, this might mean that you yourself are emotionally unavailable in some way. If any of this seems to ring a bell, like your picker seems to be off, then you might need to do some attachment work. Again, highly recommend the Blush Academy for this. Um, is it that you never meet people that you are into? If you find yourself saying this, you might have some avoidant patterning. Again, go into the attachment work. Or do you feel like you always buck it up? You do meet people that you kind of hit it off with, but then, I don't know, you start like getting really needy or clingy. You scare them off. You pick fights. You play games. This could be anxious attachment. It could be fearful avoidance. Again, it goes back to that attachment patterning. So in conclusion, <laughs> if you are single over the holidays and you don't want to be, number one, take advantage of this time. Build a stronger relationship with yourself get to know your body better, um, find ways to still enjoy life, even though you don't have the thing that you want. I mean, I always like this analogy I heard somewhere where like, let's say down the line, you want to live in like a big house, but right now you live in a super cute apartment that you love. You can want a big house down the line and still love the apartment that you have right now. And that analogy, I think, works for so many things. So the person using it was talking about like body positivity and saying like, you know, you can want your body to look different down the line, but still love the body that you're in right now. But I would say this holds for so many other things, right? Like you can want to be in a relationship, but still take pleasure in your life right now and not hold off on like having the things that you want and having the fun that you want and having the life that you want just because you don't have the relationship that you want. So like live in the present, live in the now because time is the only true scarce resource. And while you're doing all these things, you can also get rid of the things that are interfering between you and having that healthy relationship. Invest in yourself, invest in your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Um, you know, take the time to do the inner work first because you'll be so fucking grateful for that. Before you know it, you'll be in a relationship. And if you use this time wisely, that relationship can be so much better. You know, I like can't believe how long Ozzy and I've been together because not because like, oh, it feels like yesterday. No, like I've actually been very present in this relationship. So like 
I don't know. I think like when you're very present, time moves differently. Um, it like moves a lot slower. It doesn't fly by as much. Um, but the reason I can't believe it is because I've never been in a relationship for longer than like a couple of months without there being massive drama. Every relationship I've ever been in after a couple of months, shit starts to go down. There's fighting, there's breaking up, there's making up, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's unstable. It feels uneasy. I've never been in a situation ever that has felt this easy for this long. We've been together for over a year and a half now. And we're conflict-free. I mean, I'm not saying we never fight. Of course, we have disagreements, but we work through them and move on. But we're, it's never like this uneasy, like, oh my God, like, oh, like, I don't know what's going on with us. Like, oh, like I, like, I never feel uneasy about us ever. Like, it's always solid. And that's because I took the time to do the work on myself. And so I'm not out here picking fights, causing chaos, causing conflict, et cetera, anymore, because I don't need to. I've done that work. So I don't have those old childhood wounds coming up. And, you know, if you want to do the work, yada, yada, you know, the Blush Academy, the link is in the show notes. But this is all to say, love your life, love where you're at while striving for the next thing, yada, yada, you got the picture. Love you guys. Um, The next time my podcast is going to be from my parents' house in Northern Virginia, right outside of DC. Should be fucking interesting. We'll do a Christmas recap for you guys. Um, Love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Honestly, the biggest Christmas present for me, the biggest present for me every fucking day is the fact that there are people who listen to this podcast and the fact that it's growing every day. And that's because you guys share it. So, you know, if you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share it with someone who would take something from it. It helps the show so much. Please just take a few seconds, leave a five-star review. I know, uh, you know, it takes a few seconds, but it's just a few seconds of your time. It's free and you get to enjoy this beautiful content content in exchange. Okay. Seriously. Love you guys. Have a great, um, winter solstice. Have a great Christmas and we will talk in a week. Bye.